everyone. Welcome back to the Mind Your Wellness podcast with your host, your old Belle. And we have Patricia. And today we have a very special guest with us. I think all our guests are special. You're going to hear me say that a lot, okay? So we are so excited because, you know, with this wellness podcast, we just, our goal is to help everybody out there with whatever areas of wellness that they need to um, get themselves better at, you know? So I think whether it's finance, emotional, um, mental health, and today we're going to explore the finance mm-hmm. side of things. And I'm so excited yep. to dive into those conversation um, with our guest here. Um, I, I got a chance to meet him and I think he's, you. he really looks like a just, a, you know, those people you say, they're just a stand up guy. <laughs> you know, they just throw that around. And I just think he just seems like a stand up guy. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know him in detail, but I had the privilege of actually being classmate with his wife back in Haiti. I know oh, his wife. Wow. Yeah. So it's really cool, like full circle to kind of see, you know, like the person uh-huh. she married. And I'm like, OK, this is really nice. It's really oh, nice. Beautiful. And I'm so excited to have him. And obviously we're going to go none other than Dr. Paul. <laughs> it's good to have you, bro. Hey, thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thank yeah. you for having me. You guys look beautiful today and i know this podcast is gonna go very well and i hope a lot of people learn um about the podcast and the things we will be discussing today and with other guests of course awesome thank you so much for having you and you know dr paul is i feel like he wears so many hats aside from finance i mean you're an author um um, you actually are creator of an app as well there's so many things that i can start going on about but i would think it would be better if it coming from him so (laughs) i just want to i want you to just tell the people a little bit about who you are you know what your background is just tell us about yourself a little (laughs) Well, I think you've said a lot. There's not much left to say. Uh, my name is Paul Etienne. I do have married two kids. Um, I do have a, a bachelor's in um, rehab administration, a master's in business um, administration and finance, and also a doctorate in business administration with a concentration in finance. Um, I am an author, like you mentioned. I have two best-selling um, best selling books on Amazon mm-hmm. uh, about finance. One's about finance and relationship and the other one about finance and kids. Mm-hmm. I do have an app. It's called the Mad Blue Max. This is um, a budgeting app. You know, so I kind of put everything together, the counseling, the book, yeah. and then the app to help people manage their finances. And also I blog um, on madblue.com. Um, I'd say weekly. <laughs> weekly, I say I blog on madbook.com, and that's pretty much everything. So, I guess a lot of the other things, uh, I guess we'll hear them when you guys start asking some questions. <laughs> oh my goodness. I told you, I told you, it would have been, I would have wow. done a disservice to try to introduce him. <laughs> But I'm glad you actually, you know, Mm -hmm. gave us a little bit of insight of who you are and what Mm -hmm. you do. And we're so excited. And before we dive into this question, man, let's just do some icebreaker um, (laughs) questions just to relax, get to know you. I'm going to try to keep this this and that. Mm -hmm. So you just pick one over the other. We might not be able to answer those questions because... This is, I, I made them into like a finance way. Like I just oh like put goodness. finance. So if you know what they are, you you obviously you will know. But, so you're just going to pick this or that um, between the two of the um, choices that we have. Okay. So we're going to start with the first one. Stocks or bonds? 
Oh my god. Uh, it depends on the time, but I would say stocks. Oh. But yeah, it depends on the time. Okay. Bull market or a bear market? I don't even know what this thing is. Bull market. <laughs> Bull market. Okay. <laughs> Excel sheets or financial models? Financial models. Oh, okay. Mm. Wall Street or Main Street? Wall Street. <laughs> Warren Buffett or Elon Musk? <laughs> Ooh. We can um, answer that. I am the world slow guy. I would say Warren Buffett. Oh, okay. Investment Split. banking or asset management? I would say invest. Yeah, I would say asset management. Mm. I would say asset management. Okay. Financial planning or risk management? I I do both now. I do mostly risk management with um, my commercial clients and financial planning with my um uh, individual clients um i don't know it's like i would say i think they go together okay it's kind of hard to pick one okay um, but financial planning if i have to pick one okay now this is gonna be a really weird one i think we're all gonna <laughs> try to answer that um money without happiness or happiness without money <laughs> oh my god Obel. <laughs> Sorry, this is gonna be one that's gonna get the public excited. <laughs> Happiness without money, money um, without. And I don't want to know why too. I feel like this is a hard one. It's a hard one because I, I feel like you can you can have both. Like yeah. I don't know. It, but if you if you so have to many... choose and they put a gun in your head, I'm always gonna ask that. <laughs> if, if I'm living in the U.S. Huh. Capitalistic country, I don't think it's it's possible or I don't think it's doable to be happy without money. Mm-hmm. So I may not be happy, but the people around me will be very happy. Wow. I, I love how he <laughs> I love how he did that selfless thing in there. Yeah. <laughs> That was I, nice. I took one for the team. That's good. That, nice. that is that so is nice. nice. Wow. Mm-hmm. I, I I really love that. I really love that. Wow. Yeah. That kind of changes our perspective too. It does. It does. It does. It does. If you're on an island and you have coconut trees and all of these yeah, things, and of course you pick happiness, but if you're in the United States, yeah. Yeah, you know that's yeah, it's kind of hard. So very- I, I'll cry. I'll cry in a Bugatti. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> you know, let's just go into like, why did you? What? What? What is when? If if you want to describe financial wellness, mm-hmm. what would be the word? And what is? Why do you think that's crucial and important for um, people to a- achieve or to achieve financial wellness? Why is it important? Um, that's a good question. So, financial wellness, first of all, is what I would um, define as being able to understand your financial position, where you are financially, where you're going financially, and do you have a plan to get you there? Mm. And being prepared for um, to get for to get freedom from financial stress. Mm. Because one of the biggest thing that uh, people deal with is stress. And a lot of it comes from not having the funds mm. or not managing the funds that they have. 
mm. properly. Mm-hmm. So financial wellness, of course, will help with the stress, mm. will help to increase security, mm-hmm. you know, family, food, clothes that they wear, yeah. the cars that they drive, you know, how you provide for your family. And it creates um, a generational impact on the people that are coming, you know, mm-hmm. so being able to be prepared enough for the next generation and the next generation to come mm-hmm. and educate them on how to manage their finances properly or the, the finances you know live for them properly and have a better quality of life at the end of the day um, to reach freedom and autonomy because that's what mm-hmm. everybody um, strive for is to get to a point where you're so financially um, independent that you can just, you know, stay home or go on vacation without having to check your account. Mm. So I would say that's, that's why financial wellness is very, is very important um, for people in general. Yeah. I, I heard you also mention like managing financial stress. That's why it's important to have financial freedom. I wanted to tap into that because when, where do you draw the line, like the boundaries? Because I feel like rich people have financial stress. You know, some people like the wealthier they get, the more stressful their life becomes. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's like, um, I think some people even feel like they were happier when they were in the tiny apartment compared to when they have the mansion. So, how do you draw the line, um, you know, as you grow in your finance to maintain that wellness? So one of the things that we mentioned, I mentioned was effective management of your finances. Mm. And that does not have a limit. It doesn't matter if you have $3, mm-hmm. $30, $30,000 or $3 billion. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, it's not how much money you make or have, but it's how you manage what you make, right? right? Um, We're very familiar with friends or family or people you hear that can't make it, um, can't make the payment the next day Mm -hmm. or, you know, are struggling financially. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if you make the news, you see athletes that have made millions and millions of dollars, Mm -hmm. they don't work too, you know, so... Um, it's not really about how much money that person have that's going to dictate how much stress they have. Mm-hmm. Of course, every class, every time you get to a new class, you have new problems. Mm-hmm. You know, you, mm-hmm. you, you've heard of first world problems, right? Mm-hmm. Like people that are in Haiti have different problems. They mm-hmm. feel like if they come to the U.S., all their things will be, everything will be better. But when you get mm-hmm. here, now you have your I own have U.S. problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or if you go, you know... So it's the same thing. So it's not about having the most money. It's being able to manage that money properly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is what will decrease um, financial stress from you, being able to manage your money and know how to manage it properly. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's really good that you said know how to manage properly because there are some people making a lot of money, but you can see it's like it's versus the amount of money that comes in versus what's going out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not managed properly. Right. Now, how can someone um, overcome those challenges? Where Because there are people, they feel like the more money they have, the more luxurious thing they need to have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the more they need to look like they have money. They have money. <laughs> so do you feel like, do you feel like there's a way for you to be able to check yourself? Because sometimes people don't realize that. Do you feel like there's a psychological thing there where people feel like, when they have money, they have to 
um, look a certain way or mm-hmm. I don't know if you can kind of give us a little bit on your thoughts on that. Like, why do sometimes people have the money and they feel like they, you know, just have to look a certain way? Even, and how can they check that? Or even people who are really wealthy, but don't care about the way they look. They like, look is that yeah. a problem? And where do you see like like most of these people who just yeah. have to look the, oh, yeah. the money, you know? Yeah. <laughs> It's, that's a good question. It's a mindset. Mm-hmm. It's a mindset. And that that was, um, I do have a podcast last season that was our um, finale. That's, mm. it, it's Keeping Up With The E-Joneses. Mm. You probably heard of Keeping Up With The Joneses, mm-hmm. um, where, you know, people are trying to look the way your neighbors look, the way mm. the people next to them look. And in that episode, I did talk about every single person that I interviewed in different industries and the views that they had were like just breathtaking and wonderful because this is the thief of all of joy pretty much you know trying to be like the next person you know and it's not and like you mentioned some people right they have so much money they dress any way that they want to but remember they already have all the money. They already, mm-hmm. everybody already know they have the money. So they don't have anything to prove to people. Mm-hmm. So no matter how they dress, you see them at Walmart shopping, you could say, oh, that person must be broke. They don't care. They have all the money in the world. And you have the other person that doesn't have much, but they want to look like they have much so people can judge them. Because mm-hmm. when people know you have money or you, know, you can take care of yourself, they treat mm-hmm. you differently. So I don't blame everybody who does it because sometimes there's a reason why you want to present yourself a certain way that way people can take you seriously Mm. but when you do that at the expense of your future right Mm -hmm. now it becomes an issue because Mm. now you you've already spent what you have to work for for the next two to three days uh, Mm. next two to three years of your life Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Mm I want to tap into that because now let's just get into the the saving aspect. And, um, you know, people always say, you know, like we need to save. And then there are people that say, well, you shouldn't be saving your money. You should be investing your money. <laughs> so how much of that statement is really true? Do you believe that there, you know, what what does the balance look like when it comes to like people that are, you know, always saving? Mm-hmm. They just have all the money sitting in the bank and then, you know, versus people that always get all the money out and investing. Mm-hmm. Should there be a balance or is there one that's better than the other? There's got to be a balance, right? You want to be able to take care of yourself and your family. That's, that would be like 50% of the budget, okay. right? Or of whatever you, you make. Half of it should go into you taking care of yourself, taking care of your family or all the needs that you have. Then you have about, um, that's about 30%, right? That should go into your wants and about 20% that should go into savings and your investing. Now, the saving and investing, the more you can add to that, the better, but at least 20% of that should go towards savings and investing. I say and investing, not all investing, because you have to have both. Mm. So you don't want to save too much. Mm-hmm. You don't want to invest everything that you have mm-hmm. because you're going to have needs for short, short-term cash, right? Um, which is where you come with an emergency account. That's the saving, right? You have an emergency account that can take care of your 
expenses and all your bills for the next at least three to six months. That has to be there regardless. I don't care what your situation is, how much you're investing, how much you're doing it, and you have to have cash set aside for an emergency. And then beyond that, any money that you will not need for the next six months or I'll say for your next year, mm. then you should be investing that and investing it well, not gambling, you know, just mm. doing whatever somebody else is doing, whatever you see hat on IG or on right. TikTok and you start putting your money. That's not investing. Mm -hmm. You have to make um, informed decision about right. your investment. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so you have your savings and then you have your investment because your saving is there for you to pick it up whenever you need it or your investing mm -hmm. is there for you for it to grow mm -hmm. for you and multiply. This is kind of like instead of you working overtime and more more hours mm -hmm. this is like you're creating a little you mm -hmm. to go and work for you because mm -hmm. when your money is being invested it multiplies a lot faster than what you in a savings account you pretty much not getting anything you're just right, getting the security right. of your money being in a safe place and nothing's mm -hmm. gonna happen to it mm -hmm. right so you have it there being safe but if you want it to grow you have to invest so you have to do both and in a balanced way yeah awesome. yeah i love that i want to i want to go into family wellness when it comes to financing and you know saving and um and investing in things how do you approach these conversation with well now that you are a financial guy i can say with your wife um, because uh -huh. that's always like a big problem in relationship. Like we know in marriages, uh, it's always like the money issue. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing um, leading mm -hmm. to divorce and all of these things. So how do you or what would you recommend for married people on on um, discussing finan um, finances in the house? And how do you manage that where everybody is just happy with the way yeah, things are? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question because I'm working on a project like that to go with my book, um, which is about, you know, finances um, in different stage of relationship. Mm -hmm. um, like you mentioned, it's a really major issue, mm -hmm. right? Um, but it comes down to communication. Mm -hmm. It's come that it comes down to expectations. Mm -hmm. So what did you and your spouse decide or well, what did you and your spouse talk about when it comes to relation um to money and money management did you have any type of talk to your spouse before you got married about money because some mm. people they talk about everything but money but because money, right, money right. seems to be a taboo sure. for a lot of people they don't yeah. talk to that about you know to other people mm. right so for family if you had that conversation with your spouse you need to stop making it more often, like making it like me and my spouse. We talk about money, not every day, but <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't really imagine <laughs> being the finance guy. <laughs> At least once a month, right? We have right. to see where yeah. we are, what mm -hmm. we've done, and and what we need to do differently because. If we, you have to have a game plan, right? You have a plan, here's where you want to go, here's where you want to go ahead, here's when you want to get there. Mm -hmm. If you're going there, great, you still have to talk and say, okay, I see we're doing this and it's working, let's keep doing it. And if you're not getting there, you have to talk and see, okay, what can we do to get there? Mm -hmm. So you have to talk to your spouse about it. Mm -hmm. If you never talk to them, it's time because this is part of 
um, this is relationship within right. um, pretty much like 44% of people that um, get a divorce and get it because of money, money. issues. Mm-hmm. Like they can't get together when it comes to money because one person will have a mindset about money. The other person will have a different mindset, but since they never talk, they don't know that until they're married and they are forced to address their money issues and their money, um, their, their, how they manage money. And then that's where they realize uh, we're not a match financially and though we're meant to be a match, you know, but it's not all loss. You can always get back on the table seek help, mm-hmm. get a financial advisor okay. or a counselor that can help you guys to manage relationship and money together. Mm-hmm. But it's a talk that you guys have to have. Don't, don't just let it blow up in your face because it will blow up. I love that you mentioned that because I was just about to ask, how do you feel like if the person has an issue? Because some people just have that as something that they struggle with where they like to spend, you know, and the other person mm-hmm. is like, I like to keep my money and the other, you know, mm-hmm. so that's the tag of war where how do you balance? And I love the fact that you mentioned, you know, a match. Um, uh, 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 no, no, psychology, like you mm-hmm. mentioned getting counseling and a financial advisor to come in and step into that relationship oh, to get that. better yeah. because my, the psychology of money is a, a is a real thing, mm-hmm. you know? And and also, yes. I just, I, I just want to go into now, you know, people that really love to spend money, they get all to, <laughs> they all also get into a lot of debt. <laughs> so <laughs> let's talk about debt. Is there such a thing as good debt versus bad debt? Definitely. Uh, there's good debt, there's bad debt. Thanks, okay. So I know a lot of people that are preaching don't do debt at all. That mm-hmm. is all bad. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, it's this and that is the devil. But no, there's good debt, there's bad debt. Okay. Um, there's good time to have that. There's really bad time to have that. So let's see the debt as a tool, right? If you get a tool that's going to help you to fix things or to make things better or to mm-hmm. multiply things, that's a good tool to have. Mm-hmm. Even though it's a debt, but you're getting a return on it yeah. and it's increasing what you have. Mm-hmm. Um, case in point, a mortgage. Mm-hmm. It's a really good debt. Mm-hmm. You know, like most people cannot bring $500,000. Let's, let's not even go there. $300,000 on the table to say they're going to buy a house, mm-hmm. right? But you can borrow to at like, I mean, now it's like seven. Even if it's 8% now, it's still, you know, a good debt mm-hmm. for what you will get in return. Mm-hmm. Because you're not buying something for now. You're buying something for mm-hmm. 30 years down the line. That is gonna increase in appreciation mm. because five hundred thousand dollar house now was not worth five hundred thousand dollars ten or 20, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. right? So if you borrow it, not only you have to get a place to live, you're getting a place to live, and then you're getting what they call equity, mm-hmm. and that equity can be used to do a lot of things for. Yeah. Pay debt later on to pay for your child, kids' education, or even as a retirement plan that can be used. So that's one example. There's like thousands, but that's one example of a good debt. A bad debt would be by like a, you get a credit card just so you can buy the latest iPhones or the latest mm-hmm. clothes, and then as soon as you buy it, and it's not even worth you know what you paid for it, and you still start paying 28% interest on that um, purchase, you know, this would be considered a bad debt. 
you know so there's um a lot of different ways we can go about that we're not gonna go into all right, the different right. mm-hmm. um options but stay away from bad debt because that's really sealing your future financially Mm. Oh yeah. You know something? I wanna go I wanna go into the practical things. Um mm. now that we have you here as a financial advisor. Um so in in relationship, there is that tendency that men are better at managing money um than women. Mm. But we all know that's not true because there are also women who are really good at managing their money. So mm-hmm. now but that's the tendency. You know, mostly if you have the men as the provider, um, the financial aspect of the family tends to fall on on that man's shoulder responsibility, right? So now yeah. if you have like you have young couples getting married, you know, people getting married all the time, and then they're in this relationship and one is controlling the financial management. So there's not a communication about how the money's being spent, mm-hmm. but then the woman have love to shop and do all of these things, the grocery shopping. I know families are all like that where the woman doesn't have access to, to the account, but the men um, provides because, you know, you don't trust women with money. That's, that's the, <laughs> the general. <laughs> that's a, no, but it's, it's, it's true. very yeah, common. It is it's very, very common. common in a lot of families. Yeah, it's true. So would you say that's a great dynamic? Even though in a Christian perspective, we're like, people tend to um, 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 connect like being the provider as mm-hmm. the person to manage the finance. Like what, what, did, what are your perspective on that aspect? I think you said it very well. It's just that people assume the provider has to be the manager. Mm. And it's not always true because um, there are wives that are way better at managing money than the husbands are and that's like it's it's not like uh i don't want to put a number to it but it's really who you're married to like you Mm. guys should figure out should know um this person is better you're better at money than me i think you should take the charge i'm better at at money at managing money than you i'll take the charge and we'll do it together but one person take the lead because one person has to um hold the other person accountable like if you're doing something that's going against what we agreed on that have to tell you, hey, I think we should do something else. So I don't think it's black and white, it's white mm-hmm. or female. Mm-hmm. I yes. think it's knowledge based and um, and what we've agreed on as a couple because mm-hmm. what works for my relationship may not work for yours or for the next person, which is where you guys have to talk about it, mm-hmm. right? Because if I said I'm really good at it, but everything that I do, it keeps taking us down financially. So so it's, I don't think it's, it's just, I think a lot of people go with it just because mm-hmm. you're the provider. Yeah. You have mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. But it shouldn't be like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Th- that people goes- should be very open about how they manage their finances. Mm-hmm. That kind of answered basically my next question where people sometimes say, you know, um, they want to, have different accounts where they were like mm-hmm. I'll have my account and he'll have his account mm-hmm. and we'll have the account that pay you know the that bills. pay the bills mm-hmm. and things like that do you think that's actually an effective way to move you know forward with finances I know you know to each their own people yeah, have gonna right. have their own yeah. dynamic in their relationship but do you personally what do you think that's a smart way 
or should everything be balanced together? Like should individuals have their own accounts mm-hmm. when in marriage and then, you know, just have one account for bills? To reach their own. So okay. um, it's what you and your spouse feel the most comfortable with. Okay. Right. Um, some couples just want to be able to keep each other accountable. The best way okay. to do that is we have one account. Okay. We all see what's going on. We all know who's spending what, what's, you know, who's spending what. So mm-hmm. it's easier to manage that way. To other couple, they're like, you know what? You do what you do. You've been doing it for years before we got married. I've been doing my four years. I'll do what I do. Mm-hmm. And we'll just make sure all the things are updated. If it works for them, great. Others will say, you know, let's have one account. We send our money there to pay all the bills and then everything else. I do what I want and you do what you want in your own account. Right. So it's whatever works for that couple. Mm-hmm. That's what's the best account. That's what's the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. That's good. Because that's there's good. not like a standard that says, yeah. you know, you should have everything into one account okay. because mm-hmm. it's about you yeah. and your family or in your spouse. Um, so communication will tell you, Hey guys, what's here's what's for best you. for me and you, and let's mm-hmm. keep doing that. That's yeah, awesome. Mind your family business. Mind your family business. Mind your family business. I love. It. I love how you always slip in that thing. <laughs> Just like mind your family business. I have a question back to that. Um, how do you model financial wellness to children within the family unit? It's very easy because, mm. at, you know, the kids are a sponge, right? Yeah. They pick up things very fast and they don't forget that easy. Mm-hmm. So you should stop talking to your kids about management, not mm-hmm. money specifically, mm-hmm. or but management. Um, because kids learn so fast and that can make a major change in their life and how they grow and how they they act as adults right um you have to teach them the basic principles of management mm-hmm. right basic principles of management and then you introduce money to it now all you have to do is whatever you learn about management apply that to money mm-hmm. right nice. and then you can, it's, it's a really good way to educate kids. You teach them about patience, right? Like, oh, which yeah. one do you want today? Do you want to have um, one, scoop, one scoop of ice cream right now? Or do you want to wait five days from now, you know, on Sunday or in the weekend mm-hmm. and have a big bowl of ice cream, mm-hmm. right? So you're showing them how to patiently wait and grow their fi- their finances. I mean, they think they're doing it for money, but it is killing what we call the instant gratification, which right. is why we right, right, so right, right. much our debts, right? Because I want it, I see it now, I want it now. Yeah. How about you don't get it now and you think about it? Mm. How about you stop saving for it and then right. buy it later on? That will tell you, oh, maybe I don't need it that much, mm-hmm. right? So ways that you can you know teach your kids or you know play games with them that will teach them about management and patience those things will translate very well when it comes to money once you start introducing money 
they already have all the skills that they need oh. to apply that towards learning. Right, they have the foundation. That, that is, that is that. so... That's also the fruit of the spirit. That is. Because yeah. everything he was saying, it was just like self-control. Yeah. Patience. Patience. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I think a lot of time, that's really why some people get into trouble because they don't have the patience to yes, wait and just, you know, just work hard and mm-hmm. the fruit of that labor will come mm-hmm. after and they just want everything just now, now, now. Yeah. But now you see that. How, do you think that social media also has a a big role in the psychology of money and how people view money now because it's like you know how do you have you seen technology um impacted personal finance and what are some Um, some of the potential risks that you see or you know recommendations recommendations as as well Mm -hmm. as you (laughs) to for us viewers of social media yeah following all influencers (laughs) (laughs) so this is this is one, yeah, this this is why my episode was called E. Joneses instead of the Joneses in general, because, mm-hmm. you know, we, we take it there, like mm-hmm. technology, electronically, now everything, everybody now is your neighbor. Everybody mm-hmm. you follow now becomes True. your neighbor. Yep. And that is even more dangerous than dealing with your neighbor, because usually if I live next to someone, most of the time we're you know, almost equal mm-hmm. when it comes to finances or to what we do mm-hmm. right in the same neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Now, trying to emulate what that other person is doing mm-hmm. may get me in trouble, but at least it's not a huge gap mm-hmm. compared to me seeing someone that lives in Beverly Hills that mm-hmm. may be making millions of dollars. But mm-hmm. I assume because that person can do that, I can do it too mm-hmm. because that's literally wow. or technologically my neighbor. Wow. So it becomes very dangerous because now you enter a new class of assets that, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. is not around you, but it's online in front of you and you are seeing that as being your true self now. And a lot of people are getting into a lot of debt trying to look like that person. Mm. You know, this is something. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Continue. No, no, go ahead. No, no, continue. Continue. I just, I, I don't <laughs> want to cut you off. It's just, I'm just going to say that they say you're trying to impress people you don't even like or people that don't even like you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I think the whole thing is you buy things you don't need to impress people, people who don't like, who don't care about. Yeah. Yeah. So the way I see it, right. I do a lot of risk management, right. Mm-hmm. So a house here in Florida, that's worth $500,000 or a million dollars. You can take that house, you know, in um, Ohio and it's worth like Mm $200,000 or it's it's another state and it's worth like $400,000. So you have that huge gap you're dealing with. You see that big house someone has, they might have paid $200,000 for it. But now you want the same house, but where you are, it's costing $800,000 and you're getting it trying to compete with that person and they pay nowhere close as what you're paying oh, to get. Wow. So it's really a dangerous arena people are getting into trying to stay, you know, keeping up with um, everything that they see online. Wow, even with that shopping one. now. Yeah. Because there is a thing I'm seeing like in the trend of um, um fabric and clothing <laughs> and things. 
and how things appear. Even when you do shopping online, sometimes you buy things and then you receive them in person and then they're not good quality. So imagine yes. like I'm seeing an influencer wearing something and they bought it for like $5. So I'm looking at it on Instagram and it looks so good and so expensive. Mm. And then I go to that big store because there's also fake designer things. Yeah, yeah. So I now I go to the designer store and get that thing for $5 where they got it for like $5. Dangerous. This is such... But- an but insightful. listen, listen mm-hmm. that's the whole model of influencer marketing. Yeah, that's those true. influencers, they don't pay for those things. They actually yeah. get paid, paid to, to market it and show them to you so you can buy them. Mm-hmm. So they're making money while you are trying to be like them. They don't exactly. pay for those things. Most of the time, those um, vendors, they contact them and send mm-hmm. them free stuff. Hey, wear this. Here, make a video with this. Mm-hmm. I'll pay you to do this. And then you like just consuming it. Oh yeah, I can't wait to get this thing. They're getting paid to tell you to go get into more debt. So this is this is so. I love that we just spoke about that. This is dangerous because I feel like it's so um, um, relatable because Mm -hmm. a lot of people just looking at other people's lives Mm -hmm. and not realizing you need to really just consider yourself only Mm -hmm. when it comes Mm -hmm. to finances and trying to become the next person and then putting yourself in Mm -hmm. debt can be so detrimental to your family and to yourself as well. You know, Mm -hmm. and I I I loved how Mm -hmm. we addressed that conversation. Yeah. I was I I wrote an article one time that um, talks about, but I talk I talked about it in terms of social, um, mm. Dr. Paul, and I and I've never met anybody who talk in terms of like um, the um, technological side of having everybody as your neighbor. Yeah. And and, yes. and I, I remember when I wrote about it, I wrote it in terms of culture, how we have to consider that social media in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. We have to be mindful of the things that we post Posting. in the way that we impact in people. But now I'm looking at the other side of it. Like I have millionaires <laughs> as my neighbor. <laughs> like I cannot even <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and sometimes we go and look for these people because we aspire to be, to like, be like those them, people. Yeah. We want to be like them. So we're following them. Like, I cannot even afford your breakfast. <laughs> but I have you every morning and I'm looking at everything that you're posting and I want your life. And it's also mentally yeah. uh, I'm dangerous. Yeah. I'm so glad. I, I hope that helps somebody. I really do. Uh, um, today. <laughs> I do. And, 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 Unfollow them. <laughs> Unfollow. Unfollow. Let me, let me You're too rich for me. <laughs> Go ahead. You're too there, rich for me. There was, there was a lady. She went, um, she is like a, an influencer or she was selling some stuff. And she went to um, uh, Ben's dealership and she mm-hmm. bought that G-Wagon. She didn't mm-hmm. buy it. She made the people put like a bouquet on top of it. She took some pictures. <laughs> she posted the pictures <laughs> and then she left. And then she started saying she just made that big purchase. So the dealership had to actually comment under her post and say she did not purchase it. Oh, she to, yeah, she did not purchase it, but that's embarrassing. She took the pictures and she posted them. Everybody was like, Congratulations. You know, imagine now <laughs> you seeing that, you know, she can do it. I can do it too. I'm gonna go to can the dealership. You imagine? And she did not even you get your two thousand dollar bill trying to look like her. Like she her. Imagine. So I feel like we should just be mindful of what we really yeah. post out there. Mm-hmm. And the thing <laughs> is, you can schedule content. Yeah. So she could go that one day at the dealership yeah. and take like yes. 12, 12 pictures, pictures and she posted <laughs> every, every month. month. <laughs> <laughs> so you can keep up with the lifestyle. <laughs> this is horrible, oh man. Hello, wellness.
wellness enthusiast, if you are on the lookout for a holistic company offering natural remedies and skincare products with pure ingredients, your search ends here. Green Olive Tree Outreach was founded with a mission to address community respiratory needs. Recognizing the importance of skincare, they've crafted exceptional skin-loving soaps using locally sourced whole plants like cerveal, orange, grapefruits, and mangoes. They offer skin-conscious soaps with natural ingredients like coconut oil, olive oil, shea butter, and clays. These soaps are specifically formulated to help nourish the skin, exfoliate dead skin cells, promote new cell growth, and stimulate white blood cells for skin restoration. These bars penetrate the skin rapidly, offering pain relief, inflammation soothing, and balance whole oil production. Great options for both men and women. But that is not all. GoTo has something special for our little ones. The Tender Care Baby Soap. Perfect for babies, of course, and people with super sensitive skin. And to our listeners and viewers, Green Olive Tree Outreach is excited to offer an exclusive discount. So use our code hashtag wellness for a fantastic 12% off of your first purchase at go to botanical.shop. So that's again, hashtag wellness for a 12% off at go to botanical.shop. Elevate your self-care journey with GoTo. Your well-being is a journey and we are here to walk it with you. What, 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 what are some advice for our listeners yes, out there who yes. wants to get into um, investment, you know, mm -hmm. or have different life um, changes and mm -hmm. financial goals that they would like to achieve? Like, how yeah. can they start planning for that future? Mm -hmm. How do you level up? Yeah. Yes. So keep in mind, it's more about what you keep, right? Mm -hmm. So be concerned about what you have coming in and know what you have coming in, have a game plan okay. and then control what goes out mm. and always have enough left for investing and saving. Mm. And by investing, we're not talking about gambling. We're talking okay. about, you know, informed investing. Like you do your research, right? Um, you, um, contact the right people that can help you. And I'll, I'll say, unless you have all the education in the world or you have all the time in the world, do not do what we call day trading because this is not investing. This is pretty much like a job. You have to stay focused. You have to know what you're doing or you're going to lose your money super fast. So mm -hmm. do long-term investing, something okay. that's for the next 12 months at least or the next five to 10 years. It's easier to manage. It's better for your planet, for your mental health, mm -hmm. um, psychologically, for you to deal with your money. Seeing your money going up and down during the day can really mess up with your mind if you yeah. don't have the training to do that. Yeah. Keep learning. You know, um, see a financial advisor, or if there's someone, not just someone that you think are doing better than you, but if you know someone that's actually doing good, mm -hmm. ask them. You know how they've gotten there, and you know how you can get there too. Mm -hmm. Read books, do seminars, or mm -hmm. take a financial class. They have those. A lot of people always complain about things that they wish they knew they taught them in high school. But those things are now available, and you know you yeah. really need them, and they're available, and they're not, they still like trying to take those classes to get better. So mm -hmm. um, do those things. Stay away from 
you know, the, the next hottest thing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, because there's a lot of scammers out there yeah. oh, yes. and they pick up money and run with it. Mm-hmm. And just like those um, neighbors you see now, it's easy to never see them again. All they have to do is do their account. Now you don't even know where they live or or the true friends or where you, where you can find them. Mm-hmm. So be content with um, what you have and you can always strive to get better. Mm. You know, don't envy someone because they have something. You don't even know if they really have it. Mm. So actually, I would say read books and spend less money than what you make. And teach your kids too. If you have kids or if you have little uh, ones that um, depend on you, teach them. Mm-hmm. Because about um, over 75% of um, people, because the reason I'm saying that is because everybody wants to do better for gen- generational wealth. They want to mm-hmm. live more for their kids. But yeah. 75% of um, people lose their wealth by the next generation, by the second generation. Wow. And- 90% lose about the third generation. So making all that work and getting all that money and not teaching the ge- next generation how to manage it mm-hmm. and how to growing, it's really pointless. Might as well just mm-hmm. use your money now right. and when you buy everything goes right. with you. So. That is oh my so God. powerful. That, that, that was powerful. That, that was, was powerful. So now how do you ensure the money stay? Because I was talking to, and we can wrap up with that if you want yeah. But we, I was talking to somebody how there are families <laughs> where the money has been there mm-hmm. for like hundreds of, you know, generations. The money is just there. It doesn't yeah. go anywhere. It's like past one grandfather to another. Everybody has the real estate. Everybody has the mansion and things. It's been in the family. But we don't see that a lot in our uh, um color um community yep you know and that's because and sometimes we can attribute that to our beginning and things you know um the way that things started for families with poverty and things but how do we ensure now that we know better we are in the age of information we are reading a lot Mm -hmm. let's just say we take all of the recommendation that you mentioned we go to the seminars and things so now what are the practical way to ensure like me working hard right now is gonna stay for my great grandkids what what are the things that I can put in place to ensure that? Very good question. That's a very good question. Because I want to so know. Personally, I want to know. <laughs> and I also want to <laughs> add to that question, if you don't mind, because we actually recently spoke about it last night. I don't know. This might be a little, you know, it might be triggering for some people. But you said that our community, which is, you know, black people, we already know. Yeah, yeah, we don't course. keep wealth within our family. But the other party, we'll call it Caucasian people, you mm-hmm. know, they keep the wealth within themselves. And we see a lot of people when they make it and they're not with their own. They're with. They're with the. They're with the. <laughs> they're on the other side. The other we side. Can say do you think that has something to do with, you know, you know, keeping that money? Because that money is going to basically go to the other party too mm-hmm. more so mm-hmm. <laughs> than their own but do you feel like that has something to do with it or how, how do you view that oh my god i have something question. to add to that but <laughs> i'll let you answer the question because i also feel like we can go into that i don't think you're gonna forget because you're a very smart guy <laughs> i think too is um how we feel about each other when we start having money mm. in our black community yeah, yeah because yeah. If I can't trust you, I mean, we went through that just last week. 
And it's not even, it's a non-profit. Yeah. You know, it's not even money that's going to go in our pocket. Right. But you already have like a power struggle. Mm -hmm. And it's just us. We are one culture. We're trying to do something to serve our community. But there is that, um, we have that mistrust. And I think it stems from slavery, honestly. Like we can trust each other. Like if if I'm start being like very wealthy now, some people feel more comfortable. And my husband talks about that all the time. How he would tell his clients one thing because he's a real estate agent and then they question him oh like he doesn't know what he's doing and then they go to the white person Mm. and the person give them the same advice Mm. and they trust that person because the person is white and and then and then they take their money Somewhere like, else. I, I am black. We are Haitian. We're both Haitian. Like, I, I'm supporting you. You support me when you buy a house. Mm-hmm. But I help you too because it's your house. Mm-hmm. But then they go to the white person and buy the house because they don't trust that because we're the same color, I know what I'm doing. doing. Wow. You know? That's, so, you have a lot to unpack that there. <laughs> <laughs> we gave him a lot to unpack there. Like, this is, a, this is basically like culture a, with money. Yeah, our so culture. Now, how do I entrust? No, how do I make sure? Because I'm not going to be around for a long time. Mm-hmm. I have my children and I'm working hard. I create a business and things. So how do I ensure, you know, make sure that that wealth stays within yeah, our own it's country, not gonna Our family or. Right. Oh, <laughs> so, uh, um, I'll be asking you guys to repeat some of those questions. But uh, to start, I will say they are able to keep the money going and going because they have some complex way of engineering their estate planning. Mm-hmm. So it all start with estate planning, right? Mm-hmm. So while you're still alive, who do you put in charge? Mm-hmm. And what kind of um, trust that you have? Because there's like trust, there's wills, there's different type of them that they have in place that serves as a bank for the whole family. Some of them don't really use regular banks. They mm. have, they are, they are their own banks, right? Mm. Why are they their own banks? They do, they live off of debt. I know one of the questions was good and bad debts, right? Mm-hmm. So they don't take cash. Like a lot of people that they say, this is the 10th, richest person and the 20th richest person those people don't have that money in the bank and they don't ever touch that money how do they live is they say hey i have stocks worth 20 billion dollars um i'm gonna use that okay as a guarantee so i want you to give me a loan for one billion dollars now i think that one billion dollar and i use it to live and to do all my expenses but guess what Mm -hmm. with debt alone you don't pay tax on them so they don't get to pay tax on that and they make money they borrow money and then they die so when they die they die with a billion dollar worth of debt whatever that they have now is used to pay those debt mm-hmm. but depending on how they structure that now they don't pay taxes on any money that's transferred to the people mm-hmm. that you know, that they leave behind and they wow. just keep repeating that. So whatever they have, they keep it and then they borrow against it. Mm. And then when they die, the money is transferred. So you can't just, you know, have your money and die like that. So mm-hmm. they there's different ways to do that. You're going to have to get a lawyer, get a financial advisor, mm-hmm. get an estate 
planner to help you get into those complex structures mm -hmm. that can allow money to go because we're worrying about you know the next person get the money and then waste it but they already have plans for someone that one person can access all of it or that one person can access you know there's a limit you can access and then there's a rest that goes to the next person so it's very complex yeah you know right. but the first the first step is for you to know that mm -hmm. that's the first step and once you know that you have to pass it down um to the I'm, i love yeah, that. you just gave us a lot of gems. yes i am so ha like happy <laughs> We, we asked that question. Now, do you feel like it, uh, to unpack the second question that I added, do you feel like it actually does impact, you know, mm. our community in terms of black people? Does that stop us from keeping wealth within our own family? I don't have the numbers, so I really don't know okay. how that impacts, okay. Mm -hmm. okay. you know, keeping wealth in the black community. Okay. Um, but I think it's uh, it's not something we can do. Like it's not something that if you do it well, and everybody's gonna be better off because of you. Okay. Um, so I don't think people should stop. You know, should use generational wealth as the only resource to um, decide who they're gonna marry or exactly. who they're not gonna marry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, you know, even if you do it, you don't know the next person that exactly. you're leaving the money for if they're going to do exactly what you did or if mm -hmm. they're going to marry someone else. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's different ways. You know, you don't have to just marry someone. You can invest, you know, in the black community. There you, you go. Can there you go. That's where I was going You know, to. other blacks to show them, hey, here's what you do. Hey, here's what you do if you want to mm -hmm. keep your money, you know. So I think that's, you know, spreading the knowledge that you have, mm -hmm. not just the wealth, might be the best way because people give money all the time. If you don't know what you're doing with the money, it's really pointless. It's just like, okay, now you have enough money to eat, but what about tomorrow? Exactly. It's really having the knowledge to know how to keep the wealth going. I think it's better than actually passing just the wealth, the wealth. without mm -hmm. a plan. Amen. 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 Oh my God. <laughs> I'm yeah. so glad we had I'm you so on. I'm so glad we recorded this because then I feel like I should have been taking notes. Yeah. But I can watch that again. Yeah. I'm yeah. definitely going to watch that yeah. again. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. Mm -hmm. So, just in closing, um, you know, just our last question for our audience is, you know, what are some recommendation books? Like, if you have some specific books at the top of your head yeah. for someone who wants to get into financial wellness and wants to start educating themselves, what are some apps they can use for budgeting? We know yours is out there, so you can. Go ahead, do your shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, what are some resources um, that you can provide um, to our community who are listening to us? So and that he said he has a project coming up. Yeah. So maybe we can talk about that. Oh, yeah. Tell us. And what, tell us where they can find you as well. Um, yeah. So for books, I would say The Psychology of Money. I can't remember the name of the author. Um, but if you Google The Psychology of Money, you will. Really get it. Um, the Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. Uh, it's a really good book. Also, Understanding Your Finances to Life Changes by me. It's a really good book to help you get started. Um, and The Richest Man in Babylon. That's mm. one of the best books I've ever read. I've read so if it. You wow, yeah. Can, yeah, read it. Uh, when it comes to budgeting apps, I would say... You need, you need a budget. That's the actual name of it. Y-N-A-D. 
It's a good one. There's Net by QuickBooks. It's another good one too. Uh, you can use the one that I have. It's called MacBook Um And there are others out there that I've, I haven't tested myself, so I don't know, but you can always Google it and find out which one looks best for you. And, you know, financial, um, start following financial people that align with um, your financial philosophy or someone that's doing something financially you want to learn about, follow them and see uh, what they offer. Um, that may be better because different. there's different ways to approach personal finances, right? Mm. So someone's approach may not work for you. Mm -hmm. uh, that doesn't mean they are wrong. It just means that's just not the model for you, mm -hmm. you know? So finding the right model uh, could make a world of difference on how you manage your money too. Awesome. And our, then to our very final question, we ask all our guests that um, is oh, what is one word that comes to mind when it comes financial, <laughs> to, when, it, when we talk about financial wellness, what is that one word that comes to your mind? <laughs> Uh, it's financial freedom. The reason it's this is the end goal. And for you to get there, you have to do everything right. So <clears throat> financial freedom is the thing that comes to mind. And for you to get there, you just have to follow the step, you know, check, check, yeah. check, check. Yeah. Uh, and if you do everything right, you will get there. And once you get there, it's a pretty sweet spot to be in. Freedom. Freedom. Legacy yeah. is the word that comes through. Wow. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I love Legacy. that. Um, wow. Now it's making me question my <laughs> I hate when people just go before you and then you just have to think about what, what yours is. <laughs> What's my answer? What is yours, Obel? Oh, um, wow. Having learned everything that you learned today. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, you I just, hope I answered all the questions. You did. Yeah, you did. Oh my God, it's so much more. Yeah. I think we have to get you back for a part two. No, we have we to. talk about like that, our community. And, and diversifying your money. That, you yeah. know, we didn't get into all that, but it was mm -hmm. good. And for me, now that I thought about my word, I think it's just self-control. You know, just self-control. Because I think that's what most of us lack when it comes to money. Yes. We lack yes. self-control. Yes. And that kind of determines... You know, just a domino mm -hmm, effect. You can't mm -hmm, control yourself mm -hmm, and you mm -hmm. just go into that spiral. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, having self-control. Wow, this was a beautiful moment. Thank you so much, Dr. Paul. I am, we're so happy that you, you know, you were sick, but you just, you know, you got better. I prayed for you hard, my brother. <laughs> I prayed for you so hard. Thank you, thank you. But thank you so much for, ha um, for coming on and, you know, just tell our audience where they can find you, social media platforms and, you know, all websites and everything and we'll be leaving soon yes you can find me on ig on um twitter it's my first name last name paul etienne you can find me on facebook too or go to paulatn.com all my information is there all my boots can be found on um amazon or you can find the link also on my website and madboot m-a-d-b-u.com you can go there to read my blogs and also download my um, budgeting app, Madbook Max. So if you have any question at any time, guys, you can find me on any of these platforms and I'd be more than happy to talk to you.
Awesome. I'm going to get a list. Please text me a list of all that because when this episode <laughs> out, I have to just list it all. <laughs> well, that was, you know, it for Mind Your Wellness podcast yes. with Obel and Patricia. So Mind Your Wellness. Yes, because it's your business. Thank you, Dr. Paul. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank Bye, you guys, guys for having me. Thank you for the initiative. I definitely mm-hmm. like what you guys are doing. And I know you guys are going to reach a lot of people and help a lot of people. So good luck with everything, guys. And good night thank you so much for coming on and you know we just can't wait for our part two (laughs) (laughs) thank you for making the time for us dr paul yes Mm -hmm. hey my pleasure i'll be waiting for the invitation (laughs) 